0: Dawn and I'm Tracy and we are real women. Hello, Dawn.
1: Hey, uh young looking, slim looking, beautiful
0: Tracy. I know, That's- two stone now, £28. And that lipstick's a really good colour on you. I know it's a good one, that is. I think this like is a, like a raspberry,
1: but like a mm. A newt, a natural one, not a, a bright one. It's nice. It's yeah, nice. And
0: it's it's not falsified. It's not one of the fake ones on the Zoom settings either. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the thing I laugh about those we're digressing a bit so welcome listeners but the thing I that makes me laugh about those if you put your hand to your mouth you still see the lipstick on your hand oh, did yeah. I didn't even
1: know there was a makeup thing
0: on Zoom. Yeah. i will have to yeah with that one day. Right. What well what know. I'll do is um I'll, well, during this session, I'll put it on so for those that watch it on, on YouTube when it goes up, because we have now got our YouTube channel. We are starting to put things up there. But I will do a little bit where you can see my my fake lipstick when I put my hand over the mouth. anyway, if you're listening... You know, sit back. This is one of our slightly longer podcast episodes and it's our sex and relationship series. Um, If you're driving, enjoy the journey, but please keep your hands on the steering wheel. Don't kick your heels off. You know my usual safety precaution. Um, And by the sounds of this topic, we're going to need safety precautions anyway. So Dawn, what's our topic this week?
1: We're going to talk about swinging.
0: As in roundabouts and swinging
1: no as in well they might have roundabouts. <laughs> as in uh couples who join swinging clubs or maybe not even clubs um swinging is a term where you uh share share sexual experiences with other couples and you swaps you're swappy
0: so we're talking about eyes wide shut and swinging from the chandelier that type of thing yeah
1: yeah, I think I think in the <laughs> 70s, I think in the seventies and eighties it was called I think you they you'd chuck your 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 keys in the in the fruit bowl and pick another key up and see who you were coupled up with. Something like that. I don't know. Anyway, swinging. So uh scenario is you're either married or in a stable relation, like a proper relationship. Yeah. And the other couples are also in relationships. Um, and you get together and you swap, purely for the
0: purposes of sex. So is this what they called wife swapping then, at one point? Yes, I, presu- I presume so. It sounds like that's what it is. It? I mean, I will I will clarify to our listeners, I've definitely not been doing this, and I don't think Dawn has. So we're talking yeah, well, about our thoughts on this, not necessarily what happens at them, Yeah.
1: Well, I can only. Um, so, I do have a friend who I asked to come on the podcast, actually, but it's it's private, right? So, so, um, and she she didn't want to, and that's fine. But when and and her experience in this was historical from a, a relationship quite a long time ago. Yeah. So kind of recent, but when when she's. When she embarked on this swinging journey, she was the first person that we knew in real life that did it. (laughs) So as us girls do, had a lot of questions and she did answer them. So I probably have had an insight. And I've got another friend who's not like a close, close, close friend. You know, I know she comes out to dinner with us sometimes. Her current partner used to do it with the relationship that he was in previously um so yeah it's uh i don't know how common it is and i don't know how firstly i don't know what whether whether people have to admit this is private right like you know it's a fascinating subject um and came up again with this with my uh, somebody who i know who's embarked on a serious relationship with somebody who used to do it and he disclosed that to her up front but um, it 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 instigated a conversation many years ago when my actual, you know, very good friend of ours started doing it and we'd all gone away on a girls trip and we were abroad so of course it was just all girls and obviously she started talking about it and we had lots of questions and so immediately, I'm coming home. My husband and I had the conversation because it's like, oh, I, it was a world I'd never even considered or thought about, or like I hadn't really. Do you not? Do you have any exposure to this, or well, not? Literally, <laughs> like, no. You know- I, I, I
0: tend, not, I tend not to expose myself in those kinds yeah. of ways, on you know, me, I mean, I'm a bit of a prude
1: you do me it does require exposure so um and and it just fascinates me um the dynamic of it because it's like you're having sex with other people in front of your partner but it's not considered it's kind of in the rules and it's not considered cheating because you're both consenting to that scenario
0: yeah I mean that's the whole thing I mean it's part of the reason we came on to have this particular chat in our sex and relationship series. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's relationship is their relationship. Yeah. So what's considered cheating by one is not necessarily cheating by another, but it is all about that communication, it being consensual, all of that sort of stuff. But you know, my view on this, I have to switch the lights out anyway. I don't like people seeing my body. You know, we, we've talked about this privately, you know, we talked, I think we were with another lady, we were sat down, Nikki, it was, we were sat, um, for the benefit of our listeners, we were sat doing a bit of business planning, as you do, but we were looking at goals and what do we want to achieve over the next quarter, and goals aren't always just about your business, folks, you know, when you're in business, your personal goals goals tend to intermingle with your business goals. It's not like being at work where you completely separate the two. But we were talking about my, not my fear, but I suppose the things that were concerning me about getting into a new relationship as somebody that's been single for a long time. And we discovered chatting between the three of us that my the thing that was concerning me or giving me angst or whatever you want to call it, fear if you want, was it wasn't so much getting into a new sexual relationship with somebody I decided to start going out with. um, But it was more about that, you know, getting down to the sexual side of the relationship and not being as happy as I used to be in my 20s with my body. You know, when we age, our bodies change. I've now lost some weight, so that's good. I'm a bit more bit more enthralled with my body than I used to be. But at the end of the day, when you're my age, for me, and I can't speak for everybody, it's not just the thought of being with a new partner um, because, you know, I'm over 50, all that sort of stuff. It's the thought of, you know, in my 20s, it wasn't always the thing that you worried about, people seeing your body in private. But when you get older, you know... For me, there's more question marks about my body. So for me, I've never gone down that route because I think the closest I've gotten, we talked about this, the stories came out when we were having our recent photo shoot. The closest I'd got was when I was a youngster, um, going to a guy with a party, goes into a bedroom, not necessarily to do anything, but he's like, come on, let's go out and chill out. Gets in there, totally dark. Next thing I hear voices. There's another couple on the bed next to us, actually at it. And at that point, I got up and back the hell out of there. That's the closest I've come to anybody other than the person I'm with watching me. Full stop.
1: So when you're in your... So let's go back to an era when we didn't even think about our bodies um, and just went with the flow on things. If you were... If you'd have been in a in a relationship with somebody, like a long term, solid relationship, and they'd suggested uh, swinging, how do you imagine you would have responded to that?
0: I'd uh, got the nearest number ten and legged it home. Why? Because for me, it's just I don't know. Intimate relationships for me, they're they're about Me and my partner. They're not about somebody else watching. They're not about somebody else joining. I've never, ever had desires to have a threesome. Maybe I am a complete prude. I don't know.
1: I don't think it's prude. So I'm the same. So, I mean, we, because I think because this originally, this topic came out amongst a a reasonably large group of girls that were reasonably good friends, obviously we get into detail, et cetera.
0: Like women do, yeah.
1: Like we do. And then it was fascinating having the same conversation with my husband. And I, I think where I've landed with it, firstly, I absolutely agree. You know, my husband and I have been together for decades. And part of the intimacy is that it's there's some privacy there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a shared, it it you know, it it the intimate the intimacy has to be, it's almost a little bit sacred, you know. I think where I've landed on this subject is firstly, I don't give a shit what people want to do. If it's your no, bag, if I'm it's your bag, crack I'm, on with it. Like absolutely no judgment there. But what was interesting was the kind of I can imagine, I can imagine if we were to just separate emotion for a minute the environment is probably erotic. I get that. I'm not gonna, like, I get it. Whether you want to join in or not, whether you, you know, I, it's, I can imagine that that's, that's fair. But when you're in a close relationship, for me, I think several things became apparent very, very quickly. Firstly, um, according to my friend, the club that she joined, it was very female permission driven first so the permission would be asked to the woman if that was okay and for all the will in the world right I can just imagine me and husband and we're like, okay, let's give it a go let's just hypothesize for a minute okay, let's give it going you're there and it's all quite very you know it's it's um it's it's that environment, let's say and then some bird asks to do something intimate with my I just don't think I can. Find anything but Fiore? I would. I'd be cross. Do you, do you so know? It was, uh, I, I, I just. I just. I, and then there's the other side of it that we also discovered, and we laughed a lot when we were kind of talking about it. Was let's say hypothetically that you're in that environment and you've gone with the flow, and actually you do like it in the moment but I genuinely then think I'd be really cross with husband for, even if I'd have enjoyed it, I'd then be really cross that he'd allowed that sharing to happen. It's not for me. I'm out. It's a no for me. But I find it in, I think there's the sexual side of it and then there's the emotional side of it.
0: Yeah. And I think, well, I mean... There is nothing wrong with it, yeah? There are people into all sorts of different sexual behaviours, whatever. That's all fine. That's okay. Dawn and I are not actually casting dispersions on people doing this. We're talking about us and whether we do this sort of thing. For me, I think there's a couple of things spring to mind. Firstly, for me, you know, now that I'm no longer in my 20s, then it's back to that old adage of you're not just sleeping with somebody. It's actually part of the emotional thing about it's love rather than But sex.
1: This, was the this was the interesting thing with the experience that my friend had who they, they, joined, they joined a swinging club that was, let's say, um, more expensive, did lots of checks. It was a little bit more yeah. kind of infantry manner style than some backstreet nightclub you know somewhere so it was it was a little bit more upmarket let's say um and you know this is this is a woman who lives her life very much on the side of uh you know eats good food makes good decisions has a good job like so there's nothing she would be faithful in other relationships, so all of that. But what fascinated me was, um, you know, what was a pleasure to watch, female to female. It, it it really, it was really joyous to watch almost a sexual liberation for her. Okay. Like, so she would have been mm, this was mm, this was maybe ten years, eighteen. Let's say she was early forties. Maybe late thirty not you no know, early forties, I'd say, um always had monogamous relationships, not you know very not like you know, never done anything like this before ever and and had been single for a long time da, 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 da. and and it was like it opened this liberation for her to be sexually um expressive. Uh, her confidence went up. It was like any of those kind of shame or any of those, I'm not saying that she was ashamed of anything prior to this. I'm not, you know, but, you know, we, we're a little bit, We're, we're in, I think English people are brought up to be a little bit.
0: We're a bit more reserved, aren't we?
1: We're a bit more reserved. And I do think that we're naturally, encouraged to feel some shame
0: about sex and I, that's the bit that I think is wrong because there is no shame in it if yeah. you know yeah. whatever you are doing as long yeah. as it's consensual as long as you're not doing anybody any major harm then right. whatever whatever it is that floats your boat sexually yeah. that's up to you that there, doesn't there shouldn't be any shame in it that the world has changed You know, the time of people that weren't married, being with a partner and all that lot. No, that doesn't exist anymore. And there are people these days that actually want to wait until marriage and that's okay too. But But for me... From
1: female point of view, though, do you not think that women, certainly from our era, have more... Uh, inclination to feel some shame about their sexual conduct. Yeah.
0: I think if you think about it, we're both mid fifties. Yeah. Um, So born in the sixties, the pair of us, you know, you've got to remember that even in the sixties, you know, most women, once they got married, weren't even working. So our parents were from an era where that was very, very different. It wasn't liberated. Um, females were seen as housewives if you got married you left work um you certainly didn't work with children until you know in, in in our parents era you that didn't exist but if we look back at you know somebody that's 10 years younger their parents might have been born in the 60s well 10 20 years younger their parents might have been born in the 60s rather than 40s and 50s that's the era of Woodstock there's all sorts of liberating things started happening in the 60s that we were nurtured by parents who didn't know that in the and sense think, they didn't experience that liberation because they were already married and parents by the time those things came around in the 60s. And
1: I think what, what fascinates me, especially now, actually, so for the last 10 years, I know more women... 40 plus who are single than what i've ever known before and i think previously it would have been difficult for women of our age to admit that they like sex that they want sex that they're sexually active that that they have a preferred flavours to what they might might take their fancy i think we're a lot more able to be honest about that without so much shame. We're allowed to like sex and admit it. That's a little bit more, you know. So from one point of view, what was beautiful actually, as, as her friend, was to watch this sexual confidence and sexual liberation, or, or the the sexual liberation deliver confidence to her from a female point of view. That was a beautiful thing to see. Um. And I get that. Can you imagine? You're in a room, and you're you've got three or four men absolutely treating you like a god. I mean, I don't know, but I, I think from that point of view, that was a nice thing to watch. Um, no, I wasn't there physically watching, <laughs> but well, what I mean it, you know what I mean. Um, but for me, uh, and what was interesting, because obviously, there's in the group there was there was there's there was me and there were several other people who were in long-term marriages, where we were like, oh, no, don't think it's for us. And her, but because of the club that she joined, uh, one of the criteria was that you were in a long-term relationship. So all of the people who she was socializing with and having sex with were all in, a lot of them were married, they'd been together 30, 40 years, 20 years, and, in their opinion, and this is the bit that completely I couldn't I couldn't resonate with, in their opinion, seemed to think that introducing swinging to their sex life somehow enhanced their marriage. And as she would describe, in some cases, saved it. Now, I'm not...
0: Well, do you know, I can quite understand that in a way. If, if you've got a long-term relationship, then... You know, there may be times where people start to get a little bit bored with the intimate side of things. And for some couples, you know, that excitement may actually bring them the marriage, the partnership even closer. Um, but that's the difference is, is that for me, it's not something I can imagine ever agreeing to do. I mean, crikey, how, for- right, I'll, been- I'll give you a laugh. I'll give you a laugh. I won't even watch porn with a partner.
1: Right, so swinging's
0: out for you. Though. Swinging's out. Yeah. I. What, it's so funny. I'm going to tell you a funny story now. So I went on a hen party years ago, right? Six girls on a hen weekend to Amsterdam did the things you would do in Amsterdam, you know, going to the shows and I was sat at the bar giggling because there's people on stage. It was choreographed. It wasn't real, folks. But we goes back we goes back to where we were staying for the evening and we got three rooms and I knew the chief bridesmaid. I think I'd been invited to make the numbers up. So they'd paired me up to share with another female and it was a twin room. Backers didn't tell me what her sexual orientations were, not a problem, till she said, do you mind if I put some porn on the TV? I'm sharing the room, right? So I went, not at all, put my earplugs in, rolled over. Next day, I'm... No, will you go back to that in a minute? Go back to it in a minute. So anyway, next day... I'm going home and eventually it was just me and the chief bridesmaid who was my friend left in the taxi. And I said, "It's really strange last night. She said, "Why? Wow, what's the matter? I said, well, she asked if you could put porn on. So I had to put my bloody earplugs in and roll over. You know, she went, oh my God, we forgot to tell you. I said, forgot to tell me what? That's her stock chat up line to see if the female she's sharing with is into same, same gender sex. Oh, great. Thanks for telling me afterwards. Now, this will...
1: It sounds like, though, the fact that you put your earplugs in and rolled over.
0: That was definitely a signal to a... It indicated that actually you were having a different conversation, yeah. We were having a different conversation. But the thing is, I mean, I'm talking, gosh, got to be ninety-seven, ninety-eight. So, you know, the world was slightly different still. But that was probably... That was probably my my first experience of something as intimate as that when I'm sharing a room with somebody that we were just sharing as friends. I, I'd only met her on the hen hen weekend. But that hey, alone I, I actually I would have said no. Well that alone was I didn't know what to do. Of course, you be. So I put course. my earplugs in and rolled up. So can you imagine me getting asked by sex somebody to go to a swingers club? Yeah. Yeah. Now I did a bit of fact checking. So you know, a, a minute back. ago, you know, a minute ago, we were talking about the different eras and being children of the '60s. Maybe we, it was a different era, and our parents nurtures us in ways that they knew. So I actually looked up because I thought, I wonder when the act when the world changed, right? So I looked up the fact around when it became an offence to have non-consexual sex with your wife, thinking it was going to be late 60s, early 70s. This shows how, how short a time ago, thoughts and opinions started to change. I thought it was ages ago. When do you think... The, the case law came in that made it illegal for a man to rape his, to have sex with his wife without consent.
1: I know it was well into the nineties.
0: 1991.
1: Yeah, uh, Scotland did it first, I think, and we were behind. And the way the law was certainly late eighties, uh, 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 your, your solicitor wasn't able to stand up in court and accuse um, your husband, and they couldn't use the word rape because by law they were exempt. Uh, conjugal they conjugal actually rights, were exempt. Uh, yeah, conjugal rights were in place legally for for. And the, the, re- man.
0: the reason I brought that up is because that word conjugal rights. So we're talking about, you know, our parents, mine and Dawn's parents, and what era they were in. If you think about it. Conjugal rights existed right until the 90s. So even children who were born to parents, even children born in in the 80s probably had parents who, you know, it was probably things that they did on an intimate basis, swinging, you know, same gender relationships. All of that was still behind closed doors, I expect, until well beyond the 70s. But yeah, it's, it's crazy, but I don't know. I mean, part of it, I mean, I've watched Eyes Wide Shut with my eyes shut half the time. That was an enthralling film. Um, and that a lot of that is about going in mass balls and it was effectively, you know, voyeurism, wasn't it?
1: So, well, I've got to tell you this bit. Apparently, in the club that my friend joined, um, it, it catered for all kinds of things like that. So... Uh, I've only got it in my imagination. There was like a main room where everybody did what they did. But there were, I'm sure she said there were side rooms and there was rules. So you could go off to a side room if you didn't want to share and you just wanted to do it, you and your other half. But the rule was that if you left the door open, if there was anybody there that was into voyeurism, they could come in and watch. Watch. Could you imagine being mid... Hanky panky, and you look up, and Brian's there
0: on the chair <laughs> doing. I, I mean, I don't think I need to describe. No, you don't what, need to describe what they're probably doing. What they're yeah.
1: probably doing whilst Boyer, uh, like, like I can't. I, I don't know that I'd laugh, punch him, or but he would certainly put me off. I just don't. Like, I'm no. going to say it
0: probably put you off your flow, wouldn't it? Really <laughs> crazy, but know. it is, isn't it funny how you know. But I think the world ebbs and flows, ebbs ebbs and flows <laughs> ebbs and flows. Because if you think about it, the sixties and Woodstock, um, a very free and liberating time, and then we get into the modern era, and we've got young younger generations now who actually want to wait until marriage for sex, let alone go swinging with their partner, um. And I just think it fascinates me the wonderful tapestry of life that exists in the sense that, you know, when it comes to intimate relationships, the different things that people are into doing together in some cases, I just think it makes a fascinating world.
1: It does. And if you if you ever watch if you go back to Roman days, now that was a free for
0: all. Oh God, yeah. The wine and orgy things that you see on some of the
1: Although I think where I differentiate marriage from those historical times is women. Uh, it, it was a lot of the marriages weren't based on love. No, the 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 wealthier crew who were at it all the time uh, that they were married. They were family marriages that was political, and I think that's where in my head I kind of separate that kind of stuff, because now here, where we are today, like, you know, I'm married to somebody who I chose to be married to, who we love each other, who we have to create our rules around intimacy and our rules, part of intimacy for us, regardless as to how erotic it may or may not be to get up to other antics, um, what's more sacred? Your fancifulness of an erotic situation or the sacredness of of the intimacy. Obviously, if both partners don't have any worry about that being sacred, then swinging's great. Um, me, I think I'd probably be slightly psychotic, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd be like.
0: No, don't touch him. No, no. Do you know know what's so fascinating, though? Because I think it's brilliant for couples who who choose to do that as an activity together. That's great. But what I find fascinating is when you think about what you, you know, no, don't touch him. He's mine. The bit, if we go to... And I can only speak for male-female relationships, although I am speaking more masculine-feminine. So even if it's the same sex, there could be masculine-feminine.
1: But we were at the show, photo shoot, the, the photographers, they're a same-sex couple. Yeah. You do swapses. Yeah. Some of them like
0: it. Yeah. So. Some people like it and that that's okay. I think it's great. It's liberating. But here here's the thing. So if we talk about the masculine-feminine, if, if you look at a, a soft, and I don't mean soft as in not, not strong and things like that, but I mean the feminine nurturing, allowing that letting go of not being in control, you know, to many masculine beings, that's a very, that's a very beautiful, sensual person that they're, they're being in their feminine and, they are you know they're they're letting go of control they're allowing they're open so if you look at the yin and yang of life whether it's same sex or not you've got masculine feminine beings right the masculine is the one that's dominating driven takes control the feminine is you know letting go of the control (laughs) submissive and relationships like that tend to They work because that's the nature and order of things. And I'm not talking men, women, guys. I'm talking masculine, feminine. So if the bit I can't get is if you go swinging and your man is watching you with somebody else, where's his taking control and dominating, saying she's mine, get off her? Because as a feminine being... I want some wonderful, charming man to sweep me off my feet, take the decisions away from me so that in my business, I make the decisions, I go towards my my goals. I'm the leader in my business, right? So when I get outside of my business, into my home life, I want a partner who's going to take that charge, be then, the leader. But, but this,
1: again, I think is where sexual preferences and turn-ons uh you may be a masculine man and you may want that you know in every other situation that's my woman don't touch her it's mine it's sacred yeah but can't help what you like so it might just happen to be that you do like that at the same
0: time Oh, and so it's only in the context of that club or environment that you're gonna do that outside of it, not a chance. I
1: I I don't know enough I don't know enough about voyeurism. Maybe that's something that we should talk about another time. I don't know enough about voyeurism but I suspect if I was to take a stab at it, I suspect Maybe from a man's point of view, because they are giving permission. I don't. I don't know. Giving permission, and they're in charge of watching it, and it, and that's the turn. I, d- I don't know enough about I it. I did.
0: I did have a friend actually, slightly different thing. He 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 met his partner, started going out with the lady who worked in a lap dancing club. Yeah. And I once asked him, doesn't it bother you? Because he used to go and sit at the end of the bar while she was working. And I used to go, didn't it bother you that there are blokes sort of eyeing her up and she's lap dancing for them? And he actually said something that was quite profound. No, he said, because at the end of the night, it's me that takes her home. They can watch her. I'm the one that gets to take her home.
1: Great, but in a swinging environment, (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's not just watching, is it? Or is it? I mean, there's obviously boys there. So anyway, one of the reasons Dawn and I are having a general conversation um, about this is because we did try and get somebody on that would talk about swinging. But as you can imagine, being quite a private thing, they even though we could have disguised their voice, they really didn't want to go into a public forum talking about it. So Dawn and I decided we'd have a go old chat about the topic of swinging as one of our sex and relationship episodes. So I I'm not quite it, sure what the listeners have learned about swinging. but, but Well, I think it's the question,
1: isn't it? The question, certainly when it was first introduced to me by somebody who I knew well, therefore could explain things graphically i think i think what it introduced was some questions which were which in which i went off after the week like sh- immediately it's like hey we need to talk about this um and and i don't think it's a bad thing when you've been in a long relationship to i think what, what's healthy is to talk about Sex, yeah, your partner, and to ex to to feel safe enough to be honest about exploring things and you know, at least having the conversation about exploring things, uh, and finding out whether that's something that you want to do. And I I think. I think from that point of view it's a it's 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 for me it's not about we should all go swing because I'm out.
0: It's I'm open. out.
1: <laughs> the reason why I know that is that we had the conversation. Yeah. And and the flip side of that may have been that we were both up for it and we hadn't considered that and we've gone forth and explored but we would never have done that had we not had the conversation. Like, do you see what I mean?
0: It's having Um, the conversation about the things that, you know, considering your partner and just both having the conversation about what interests you have. um, It's okay to be not into this sort of stuff, guys. It's okay to be into it. But if you're with a partner, the whole point of this is it's all about actually discovering your partner finding out their likes, getting, you know, knowing them that deeply that you don't spend 20 years with them and then discover they've been secretly secretly swinging without you. Yeah, that would be. Now, that would be cheating to me. In my book, that would be cheating.
1: What was interesting to me as well was um, her description of, uh, it was very female-driven in terms of, permission can we do this and can we do that but a lot of the husbands liked girl-on-girl action and a lot of the wives and girlfriends weren't necessarily into it but would do it for their husbands wow um i find that quite difficult oh, it, 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 oh, that balance, yeah. isn't it of, Wanting to please your partner, obviously, that's part of it, without doing something that you really don't want to do. It's I, quite funny.
0: I'm reading a book at the minute called Women Who Love Too Much by Robin Norwood. And this person's like a psychologist and everything. It was wrote in the 80s, but she's updated it. And it's actually about, I mean, bearing in mind it's the 80s, it's about women and what they do to stay in a relationship. And one of the things that is talked about, and a lot of it is case studies without the names of, you know, different women who have had major mental trauma, if you like, and trying to get out of the, why are they in the wrong relationships? And one of the things it talks about, and and this thing around the title of women who love too much, is women who rather than be alone will do anything that their partner needs them to just to stay in that relationship, even though it's not necessarily serving them.
1: Whereas to me, intimacy, part of my definition of an intimate relationship is in the same way as if I really fancied something and they hated it and they weren't enjoying it. I'm, I, I don't want to do it. There. It, no. it is that, that duality of, Joint, uh,
0: it's shared experiences, it's yeah. shared experience and enjoyment because you've both decided to do that as a couple,
1: and it's about pleasing yourself whilst pleasing each other. So, I'm, I think, where we went with the swinging topic is. I would be upset if he wanted to share me. That was the bottom line for me. That that was the bottom, bottom, bottom line. Even happy to accept that I'm, I'm happy to accept from a sexual point of view, it, it might be a cool environment if if that's what swings your boat, great. But physically, like I can imagine, like I don't think I'd ever speak to him. In fact, I think it would be the end of us because i'm not sure emotionally i would be able to separate the fun night that we may have had with the fact it would have it would it would have washed out some of what i consider intimate and sacred
0: yeah and that that's sort of where we began isn't it it's like you know i personally find that intimate that intimate experience is sacred. It's something you do together to the exclusion of other people. Um, but for some people, it maybe it's what's helped their marriage survive. So there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah. I, I guess the flip of that is intimacy to them is that they are so strong and emotionally connected. That they can separate emotion and sex,
0: and some people can. But the sex isn't about <laughs> no. being in love with each other. It, you know, at the end of the day, there is this element of sex and love are two different things. Well, unless, up, unless for me, it's my husband having sex with somebody else, and then no, him I'm out. sorry, get them out.
1: out. Yeah. <laughs> so I think to wrap up, I think it's good. It's good to have the conversation and explore what's out there and seek to keep the spice in whichever way one's fancy takes them.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted to, I wanted to make sure we, you know, for those of you listening, who maybe you're listening to this and thinking, I want to go and talk to my partner about this. Cause I fancy trying it. Um, I have looked up for you. Uh, it is the tinternet. So bear in mind it's, we haven't checked that it's genuinely factful. Um, but there is actually lifestyle tips for SwingFest, uh, Swinging 101. And it says um, they tell couples to start by opening up about their sex life, their fantasies and take it to another level from there. So start with talking to your partner about your fantasies, guys. Find out how they take that. And yeah, go go Google Swinging 101, lifestyle tips from SwingFest CEO. Please let us know how you get on. Yeah, do. And let us know what you think, you know, either comment on the podcast, go onto our YouTube channel, um, but do comment and let us know what you think. You know, we'd love to know, are we the only prudes in the world? I don't think we are. At the same time... Well, that wouldn't exist if we were the yeah, only um, And at the same time, I know there's plenty of people out there that have a very diverse, intimate relationship model and that's fine too but yeah they do say if you want to get started with your partner open up about your sex life and your fantasies and all me and dawn are doing is breaking down some barriers guys we've grown up in a world where it's tab i certainly have i've grown up in a world where it's taboo to even talk about sex let alone swinging and what you do when you're there we're just breaking down some barriers and letting you guys know it's okay to talk about your sex life and what your fantasies are obviously not necessarily in the public forum.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And on that note it's goodbye from me.
1: Goodbye from me. If you've enjoyed our conversation today please subscribe and download the podcast. To share your thoughts on this episode or to suggest future topics connect with us on Instagram at realwomenpodcast and